1: Well, the inflation rate number is out for July, came out earlier this morning, and too bad for the Biden administration. They will no longer be able to say that prices have declined or that inflation has declined. Inflation has declined for 11 straight months. Because today, the inflation rate increased from 3% June 2023 over June 2022 to 3.2% in July. So the prices in July of 2023 were 3.2% higher than they were in July of 2022. So now, how will the Biden administration pivot? Uh, Well, they will either say that inflation has declined for 11 of the past 12 months, or they will say that inflation is up only incrementally, imperceptibly, unnoticeably. Inflation, if you don't know, is the rate at which prices are deemed to have risen over the previous year. Now, the thing about inflation is that it is therefore cumulative. You and me as consumers, when we go to the store, we look and we see, holy cow, potato chips cost what? Eggs are what? My goodness, when will prices return to where they used to be? The answer to that is never. And the reason why the answer to that is never is because when prices increase from one month to the next relative to prices in that exact same month from the previous year, you have to add up the cumulative price rise in a particular month and add that to the corresponding price rise in the following month to find out how much prices have risen since a certain date. So when Joe Biden took office to now, the cumulative inflation of prices in the United States over a two-plus-year period is, with today's increase, 16.7%. 16.7%. No, excuse me. 16.2%. 16.2%. Also, at the same time. Real wages, which they keep talking about, real wages are up. Real wages are up. You know, prices are down and real wages are up. Prices are not down. Inflation has been, until today, down at its rate of increase. They didn't actually fall. It's just the rate of increase diminished. So it's not increasing as fast. Again, the theme of the show today is how you're being manipulated with language. When they say... Now Prices are down for 11 straight months. No, they're not. The inflation rate is down. The rate of increase is the pace. Think of it as a pace, like in a race. The guy's running. And he's ahead of the next guy in the race. And after one lap, he's 10 yards ahead. And after two laps, he's eight yards ahead. Now, is he still ahead? Yes. Yes, he is still ahead. But would you also be accurate in saying, you know, his lead is disappearing? Well, yeah, his lead is disappearing, but it's still a healthy lead. See, that's how they lie to you on inflation. Oh, prices are down. No, they're not. The rate of increase is down. That doesn't mean prices are down. So the cumulative inflation rate since Joe Biden took office is 16.2%. And why does that matter? Because you have to Do what to pay more for certain goods when eggs go up, when potato chips go up, when meat goes up, when everything goes up? What do you do? You need more money to pay for it, right? So what do you need? You need your wages to go up and stick with me here. If your wages are not going up at the same rate as prices are going up. Are you in a better spot economically or a worse spot economically? Well, you're in a worse spot economically. This is what Josh Pick and I talk about all the time on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show. Fridays at 7, Saturdays at noon. You got your retirement nest egg. You thought you were all set. Then prices went up. And wait a second. That vacation's going to cost me what now? That home's going to cost me what now? Interest rates have gone up. Everything's going up. Gas is going up. It's going up. So your retirement nest egg, your money. It doesn't hold up, doesn't go as far because you got to pay more for stuff. Okay, so what else? So are your wages going up? The White House says, real wages are up. Now, when they say real wages are up, they never say, since when are real wages up? Are real wages up over the last two, three months, six months, year? Maybe. I don't know. You know why I don't know? Because I don't care. Because you know why? I know that real wages since Joe Biden took office are down 3.5%. So when you go to the grocery or you go to buy something that you've budgeted for and you've been looking forward to, like, say, a car. Hey, my car's wearing out. We need a new car. Great. Let's go get the new car. No worries. We save money. Wait a second. What do you mean this minivan costs $45,000? When I priced it two years ago, it cost $38,000. Yeah. Because inflation is up 16.2% and your real wages are down 3.5%. And so what kind of gap does that create? Yes, you can add those two together. 3.5% to the bad side and and 16.2% to the bad side on inflation. You are now in a 19.7% hole, thanks to Joe Biden. He keeps telling you and touting that his economic program is working. It's working so well, they've given it a cute little name. And they're always talking about how fantastic it is.
0: Because Bidenomics is working. It's working.
1: Well, that depends on how you define working. If it's working, if you can define working as making people poorer and making people more reliant on the government...
0: Because Bidenomics is working. It's working.
1: Yeah, then it is working. It is working like a charm. It's working great. But that's not what Joe Biden says. He's always talking about, oh, you know, Bidenomics is middle up, middle out. I really hope our voting base is smart enough to recognize this. But what does that depend on? Well, it depends on pointing it out. Have you heard a political candidate talk about this? Have you heard Donald Trump talk about this? Have you heard Ron DeSantis talk about this? Have you heard a Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or Doug Burgum or Will Hurd or anybody else on the Republican side talk about this? I haven't. See, I don't think this is a hard equation for people to figure out. I think Mr. and Mrs. America are smart enough to know if you say, since Joe Biden took office, if you add up all the inflation rates year over year, prices are up 16.5%. And real wages are down 16.2%. And real wages are down 3.5%, which puts you in a 19.7% hole, which round up. Things cost, or your ability to afford the things that you could afford when Joe Biden walked into office, there's a 20% gap. It was interesting. I happened upon a poll today on the uh, ABC6 website. And the poll was very simple. They run these polls about every month. Are you better off financially now than you were three years ago? Are you better off financially now? And these polls don't really prove anything if they're 50-50 because it doesn't necessarily mean that the poll is really 50-50 because maybe the computers are only, like, capable of logging only so many votes. But when it's way out of whack, and this one was way out of whack, where 79% of the people said no, no, I'm not better off financially than I was three years ago, I think that's reflective of how people truly feel about Joe Biden. And now we have school starting back up, and we had the tax-free weekend in Ohio. Oh, world, tax-free weekend. Oh, we don't have to pay state sales tax. Fantastic. Six point whatever, and a half percent. We save that. Well, what are the school supplies costing now compared to two years ago? They're 24% higher. 24% higher for pencils and notebook paper and note cards and scissors and glue and folders and everything else you have to buy for your child to attend school. 24% higher. Hey, thanks, Governor DeWine, for taking some of the bite out of that cost. But you're not ahead Because of the state tax holiday. Because Joe Biden's in charge. I grew up in a small town in western Ohio. uh, Probably around 2,000 people. Not quite 2,000 people. Uh, Very few people have ever heard of it. But the town of Lahaina, Maui, Hawaii is a little different. It's a town of seven. 1,800 people, and a lot of people have not only heard of it before it was ravaged by wildfires over the last two days, but they've actually been there. I've been there like four times. Uh, gorgeous, quaint, paradise. I've said before, it is uh, impossible to be in a bad mood in Hawaii. Well, that's challenged today because it's scary to behold uh, the devastation the wildfires in Maui have wrought. Uh, Maui's a very windy island, most of the islands in Hawaii are, and uh, the wildfires that started there because of down power lines from high winds were then blown across the island, and the village of Lahaina is gone. Uh, if you've been there, uh, that quaint downtown with all the uh, art galleries and restaurants, uh, it's 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 gone, it's rubble. Uh, very, very heartbreaking uh, to watch, and Fox had on. Uh, a young man by the name of uh, Jordan Serebe today. And Jordan Sarabay was talking about uh, what it's been like. His experiences uh, trying to flee Lahaina. We just had a power outage here, so... My computer is trying to reboot back up as I went to play Jordan Sarabay's audio. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. It doesn't look like I will be able to do that, so... uh Let me see here. Maybe I can. Uh, It looks like we are back on. Here's Jordan Sarabay talking about uh, what life has been like in Lahaina the last couple days. Nope, not going to do it. Okay, fine. He might butt in on me as we're going because the computer is lagging behind. Uh, Another story that caught my eye today, but I really have a great deal of empathy for people. Many, many people. It's pretty common to uh, honeymoon in Hawaii. I don't know the status of the hotels on Kanapali Beach, which is right there near Lahaina. Uh, nor do I know the status of the hotels over in uh, Wailea, which is also on that island. Uh, but people are stranded at the airport. And they're basically, if you have plans to go to Maui on vacation, cancel them uh, because they would uh, they will be rebuilding and digging out and trying to uh, deal with the fallout of these wildfires. I would assume for the better part of the next two three years. I have tried to educate you as to the. Uh, Newest, uh, the newest liberal boondoggle out there, which is the myth of a lack of affordable housing. That's their thing now. They talk about others. Oh, not enough affordable housing. Okay, well, affordable for who? Right? Like they, they, they lampoon Dublin and New Albany and other areas if they don't have affordable housing. Well, what establishes the cost of housing? In an area, it's the degree to which people want to live in that particular area. Do you think there's enough, you think there's plenty of affordable housing in Linden? Yeah, why? Because there's a lot of crime in Linden, and if you live there, you're going to have to deal with the crime, but you could get probably, what, how many, six, eight properties for the price that you could get one in New Albany or Dublin. So it's not that the properties are not affordable in Dublin or upper Arlington or new Albany. It's that they cost a lot yet. There aren't a lot of vacant properties in those areas. In fact, when there's a house available, it's snapped up like that. Now, how is that? If it's snapped up like that, it must be affordable for the person who snaps it up. After all, they had to go to the bank, get the money, get approved to buy it. So there's, The housing is affordable for the people who live there. It's just not affordable for the people that the left wants to live there. And so how does the left propose to fix that? Well, they propose to subsidize it. They're going to subsidize it. They're going to give money to somebody to build housing in these areas that they deem not inclusive enough, not diverse enough, not whatever enough to fit their Preconceived virtue signaling parameters for what would be affordable and how many people of each income group should live there. So they're going to subsidize it. Well, subsidizing is putting your foot on the scale of the free market and advantaging an entity. You're incentivizing them to do something they wouldn't otherwise do. Why would they not do it of their own free will and volition? Because they wouldn't make any money doing it. That's why. But the government swoops in and goes, here, we'll give you the money. Whatever you're going to lose on this project, here, we'll make it affordable. We'll make it worth your time. Except the government's just not very good at that. We saw it in the story I talked to you yesterday about the folding of the electric bus company, Proterra. Proterra makes parts for electric buses. Oh, and Joe Biden loved Proterra. Invited him to the White House. Talked about how Proterra was going to help us beat China. We're going to outcompete China. Now Proterra has gone from a market value of over a billion dollars to a market value of uh, like $300 million, which basically is like the assets in the factory and the desks in the offices. They're selling out to the bare walls at Proterra. Why? Because they got addicted to the government influx of subsidies, and then when those subsidies either couldn't continue or didn't go away, or we got to the point where Proterra had to do its own business, it couldn't do it. Likewise, the Center Square reports... Average per-cost units were $232,000 for most one-bedroom apartments in a review of U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development programs designed to build and preserve affordable housing. Gee, I don't know about you, but spending almost a quarter of a million dollars for a one-bedroom apartment's construction... Does not seem very affordable to me. Now, do you have a building, a standalone building, with one one one-bedroom apartment in it? Of course not. You have a building full of one-bedroom apartments. How many? Like, what? A hundred? Two hundred? At an average cost of $232,000 per one-bedroom apartment? How many square feet? How many square feet do you think a one-bedroom apartment is? One bedroom apartment, like, let's say, the bedroom's probably what, 12 by 12? Okay, that's 144 square feet. The bathroom, probably, what, uh, 20 by 20? That's uh, 400 square feet. No, that's 40 square feet. Kitchen? Uh, Let's make it uh, 80 square feet. Living room? Uh, Let's give another, eh, let's make 600. Okay, so now we're at about... 1,300 square feet for a one-bedroom apartment at $232,000, the square foot cost of that, I got news for you, is astronomically higher than the square foot cost to build a mansion in New Albany, Gahanna, Upper Arlington, anywhere. It's astronomically higher per square foot. Why? Because the government is inefficient at everything. I hesitate to say this. I was going to say it was on the tip of my tongue to say I'm going to say it anyway. It may not be true, but I'm going to say it. the biggest lie that government ever tells you, which I know is a whopper, right? Like all the things the government tells you, real wages are up, prices are down, the border is secure. Afghanistan was a rounding success. The biggest lie the government tells you is when any government, Republican or Democrat, says we've created X number of jobs government does not create jobs the private sector creates jobs three-star
0: general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells